0: This is the Indian Players Podcast, Episode 7, Criminality
1: in Game.
0: This is Jonathan S. Tomhave and the latest uh, episode of Indian Players. We're going to talk about the notion of how things that are criminal activity in the real world are often not only valorized but sometimes legal and justified in gaming. And to start us off, um, I'm going to ask uh, Gabe his thoughts about this. Well, thanks, John. Uh, well.
2: We really want to explore really the the extent of of how criminal criminal activity in games really is, right? So the um, the notion that a, a hero or a protagonist can uh, justify things like walking into in RPGs, walking into uh, occupied houses and just rifle through people's pots, pans, bookshelves, and dressers to to get that potion or two hundred gold that maybe that family might have been saving for a special occasion. Maybe they needed to heal themselves. Why does the hero get to go in there and grab that and run away and use it to go kill the Master Dragon? No one really knows. But somehow it is not only justified, but also necessary to go through other people's stuff in order to uh, in order to further a story along. So not not only is is theft uh, a, a normal and accepted part of, of base heroism criminal activity but uh mass murder of an uh, entire species as well so that, that uh um that uh same hero that goes through in an rpg off to kill all these orcs and goblins In a very particular way not knowing anything more than there is something that's in the way they're the obstacle they're the other they get to portray those kinds of criminal activities and uh learn from them they they improve their powers in 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 such a way in fact i
1: think we call that genocide yep oh sorry i didn't mean to stop
0: (laughs) yeah I, I you know, you do bring up a very important point there because it's like you know when we look at any of these games, like you said, we have to go into the dungeon and we have to vanquish this enemy and so on and so forth. you know it, and, and always it it it's always the the common thread of these stories is is that, you know, we're being assailed by all sides and we're stretched really thin, and it's you who are the one who can help to stem the tide, you know all these things all this constant assaults you know and then you know i think of that if we look at from notions of imperialism and you know colonialism it's like you know in particular thinking about you know you know the native american native people's experience when we take a look at westward expansionism and notion of manifest destiny it's like this we're preordained to do this and that any form of resistance that was met was like wrong and awful you know and and you kind of think about it gonna go well for native people to resist to take it to this realm it's like uh, it's just maintaining a status quo like you know we want to fight for our right to exist so within these games we always contextualize our enemy as being an invader but it's kind of like wondering like if we really started delving into it was this land maybe Settled by them beforehand, and we were the ones who came in, and they're going, "We want to reclaim this aspect of our lands, or something like that." You know, it's never really addressed there, but it's something that I always kind of like think about when I do play these games. When I'm like going, "Click, click, 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 yeah, kill, 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 kill," or roll those dice, yeah, 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 and I'm like going, "Wait a second, you know, what am I doing here?"
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, but, but that's that's just in in a in a game space where where you're playing a protagonist who's. Um, who, who doesn't necessarily have an, an, an other like, like the the glorification of criminal activity in games specifically like not not to speak of the idea that video games increase violence or anything like that but the glorification of criminal activity to that that take place uh in grand theft auto um that aren't uh that aren't necessarily a part of the storylines like when you get into the the uh, player versus player kind of activities that took place in Grand Theft Auto online uh where it, it, it wanton destruction of of properties is limited uh by the fact that if you destroy another player's personal property so too many times you get uh um dinged for, for having destroyed the wrong persons. If you destroy somebody's personal car, you get uh, sensed basically to bad player hell. Um, so if you, the, the, I forget the name of the mechanic that they had, that actually the, um, uh, they'd put under their uh, PvP setup. But uh, they had a codified mechanic by which only certain kinds of criminal activities were acceptable. If it was against the environment, you could do everything that you wanted all day long. Um, the, true to the normal uh, functions and mechanics of the game, the, 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 the cops would throw some stars on you and suddenly you would be chased by by the, you know, basic cops, SWAT, and then military as, as uh, your criminal levels progressed. But if you did so to uh, other players on a, a multiplayer server, it became problematic for some reason because they didn't want you to grief other players' personal stuff. So they uh, 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 they subjected players to the idea if you blew up somebody else's car, then you would get uh, dinged with it. You get a special mark that you couldn't see. Uh, placed on your on your record and then if you did it too many times you would only be allowed to log into other servers where other people who had the same kinds of marks these bad players and i'm, I'm just you know uh, calling it loosely bad player hell that you get locked into for a period of time so you're there for days or a week depending on the amount of offenses that you rack up killing other players stuff
1: but but you don't get to see that you have these marks against you.
2: Nope, you don't you don't get to know where. You, so so people did eventually you know uh, get to understand the the system and and try to, to game the system uh, a little bit more here and there. But you know that is some of the sometimes destroying another player's stuff becomes unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So uh, early early on in in the uh, the. the Nah, it wasn't the beta early on in in the release of the 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 grand theft auto online players would eventually get to the point where they could buy tanks and so they would go around with their tanks and do you know what you could do with a tank which is blow crap up right so when you go around player killing uh constantly because people when they died would spawn like within a block of where they originally died they would go through and spawn kill other players and uh, they're basically killing players as they, as they continue to respawn and then the uh, in order to combat this a system was developed uh, commonly amongst the other players without really any any kind of uh, you know, community-wide announcements about these kinds of things where they developed the tactics of just running in their personal cars into the player who was running around with a tank. So Eventually, they would get rid of these bad players by just sacrificing themselves upon the reels of the tank. Those players would get dinged as bad players, and eventually, the tank would blow up, and they'd get sent to bad player hell of the other server, and, and to play only with the other servers. So, uh, where where there, the other bad players were were subjected to be playing in. So uh, that, in and of itself, is a, is a very interesting piece of. Uh, policing mechanic that teaches a very weird set of practices to where criminal activity is subject to when at least in consideration for uh, player versus player activities of criminal minds
3: and then you have other games where that same type of you know uh, griefing as you described from the players in the tank becomes the necessity to succeed you know in games like uh, uh, like uh, War Z and H one Z one, where if you want to get the best gear, you know, or you want to get more loot and things like that, it becomes a necessity to be, you know, dickish to other players to actively go out, kill people as they spawn to collect their gear and, you know, gang up with other people and just go around as a marauding, you know, horde, mm-hmm. you know, just murdering people and taking all their loot, you know. And so, on the other side of that, there's really no way in that in game systems that don't have a mechanic that polices players to well, you know, police players. You know, aside from creating a group of, you know, you know, vigilantes of your own to go around and kill the, you know, horde of, you know, jerk players. But, you know That's why you have moderators for some types of games though. Like yeah.
2: like, you know, the the, the with the, the instances of Minecraft and people creating their own personal servers about uh uh creating whitelist and blacklist players Mm -hmm. of who is allowed to and who isn't allowed to play on their their system plus having an active moderator and administrator who can just be like oh there's somebody's griefing too much they're off the server well
3: true you know and that's that's power given to players to moderate themselves or to host their own gaming spaces where uh i bring it up again you know h1z1 and like uh War, war z uh don't have those aspects because they're all community servers um I think in War Z, they did have the bandit system, which was if you killed a bunch of players, you got the bandit title. But all that did is in the server log, when you go to join the server and it says all the players that are on, it says you're a bandit. Which means that you murdered, you know, multiple players and taken their stuff. But aside from that title, there was really no other aspect of detriment to your gameplay, you were still rewarded for the fact that you had, you know, the best sniper rifle and you could snipe someone across from the map and then go pick them clean. But, but is being called
2: a bandit really a detriment to the to their gameplay?
3: Well, I mean, you know, me being a new person logging in, if I log onto a server and I see everyone's a bandit, I mean, I can I can say, oh, I don't want to join that server because I know what that means. But then still, you know, if I'm in a server and a bandit joins, I still don't have any protection from that, mm. you know. I could choose to leave, but I mean, I mean, still, it's, it's you know, why, why really put that title there if it's not going to restrict bandits to, you know, like in uh, Grand Theft Auto, you know, if it's not going to restrict them to certain servers, but you know, this idea that, you know, there are there are a multitude of games where players are rewarded, and encouraged to, you know, uh, engage in criminal activity of murder, looting, you know and pillaging and all these things because even though it's not the point of the game, they're rewarded at the base game mechanic for it. And so, you know.
2: Most most RPGs and most military sims in general, though, are the the reward is is kill and get
1: stuff. Right. Not necessarily of other players. Some of what you were describing, Tyler, reminds me of like KKK behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, vigilante groups going around and Picking on lone players. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of sick, actually. Well,
3: it is. And, you know, one thing that I've thought about is I'm glad that I can't make myself an accurate representation of my, my physical body in game because of the, you know, prejudice that may go beyond, you know, oh. me being the generic character model. I mean, if I was able to make myself look, you know, as, as I look, you know, I'm, I'm not the brownest person, but, you know, I have long hair and stuff like that, you know. I'm, I'm sure people riding, like, riding around in their trucks, you know, with six guys just looking for people to kill would, you know, find all manner of way to, you know, target people who maybe chose to, you know, don a black persona, like, or, you know, a person of color in a game like that. So to,
2: to, the, to the tune of, of uh, criminal activities in, in representation, then, um, where... Where, where is it the uh, criminal activities in, in, for, for, game, uh, for games that you guys have played have been glorified the most deeply and in ways that just made you want to stop playing the game?
3: Uh, well, I, I can honestly say, again, going back to H1Z1, you know, there was a defining moment where I realized that if I didn't go around just murdering people, I wouldn't be able to succeed in the game. And I don't play the game anymore unless I'm on like a PvE server where you can't kill other players. And, you know, the reason why I I play there is because I'd rather run around, explore, craft, build something with a community of people, you know. I mean, there's an added element of like, oh, well, what if someone comes and tries and shoot us? But when it becomes such an ingrained mechanic in PvP that I can't build anything because anyone who runs up to me will just shoot me. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so I can't play the game because physically i don't want to engage in that activity because it makes me sick to think about just running around and i mean i know it's a game but just coming up to someone and just mercilessly killing them i'm like it's kind of it hurts my soul <laughs>
1: you know that reminds me of when years ago when i played world of warcraft and there was a, a level that you could reach if you had killed so many in, in PvP, so player versus player. So if you killed enough of the other players, you'd reach you know Grand Puba or whatever it was. I don't know. But it was back when the servers were closed, so you you joined a server and you were on that server and it cost like cash to move your player off the server. And so after a while, you got to know all the players. And so we would uh, negotiate. And so we would, we would get to know the, the players in the other faction, and we would arrange, you know, who gets the most kills in any certain encounter, any certain day. Sometimes it was for a week, um, because you had to have, be the, have the most kills in a week to advance to the next level. And so we would contact through various means. Often it was on ventrilo. We would just get to know the other players, <clears throat> for real and say okay this week this faction is going to get all the kills and so the other people would just show up and lay down and and allowed to be killed so it's a way that the actual people got to manipulate the game mechanics to go ahead and progress where where everybody was really friendly and and realized it's just a silly game that I have to kill you 5,200 times to advance and and they would say fine I'll just keep just go for it and then next week the the thing got switched the
2: sanctioning of criminal activities in order to pro- progress in a, in, a, in a game system
1: yeah but it was really kind of odd because in the game you were like killing each other but we're both on vent ventrilo talking to each other so i would be talking to this person while you know sorting him or shoot whatever i don't know what our weapons were gosh Um, repeatedly, over and over, and we'd be talking about, you know, soccer games or whatever, and uh, just to to kind of grief the game a little bit. It's like, if this is what you gave us, we're going to figure out a way to, to do it. And consequently, on our server, the PvP levels were all maxed out, as opposed to other servers where they didn't do that cooperation. But I think that was unusual, and they changed it, of course, so... John,
2: have you had any bad PvP encounters?
0: Oh, all of my PvP encounters have always been bad, you know. Um, So I actually don't participate in those. If they are games that that's all that they do, I don't even try them out. Because I I was looking at this one game called APP Reloaded, and it's on ARC, and the whole thing is PvP. And what it is is that you either are a vigilante or you're a criminal, so it's basically set in your typical dark dystopian future where crime is running rampant and so on and so forth, but it's set for only a hundred players per server and it's completely PvP and it's like in their, their factions and that's just it. it it's, it's just that, that ultimate glorification of violence, but at least it's one that you know you're getting yourself into. You know, I, I remember when I was Ultima Online and you know, and they didn't really separate PvE from PvP and so it's like in order for me to actually play, because they were dedicated servers, I had to like pick the middle of the night when nobody was on there to go and kill me to do anything, and that really didn't work, you know. And so, if one day I decided I'm going to go explore, and you know, I just got just killed repeatedly, so I finally just sort of walking around naked, just like so it's explore the map, could get killed every five feet, you know, and so on and so forth. But you know, they're they're just not good. I you know. I don't mind if it's like, you know, you're going to go into an arena, you know, that's something, because you're walking into it, Mm -hmm. but, you know, when you have those environments where it's like, you know, you would have, maybe they weren't setting you into a PvP situation, but somebody would train monsters in on you, and like, you see this monster train coming after you, go, I'm fifth level, and here comes a frost giant. Squish. You know, (laughs) as they did in EverQuest, you know, that's what they would always do. You know, they train people in and stuff like that. But in that game, you know, I would actually give—I was a spirit of wolf. i feel as a druid, and I'd do that and send people off on their way, making money that way. And that's—that's that's what I did. But yeah, I—I I, I just never had a good experience and unless it's a game I know that's what it's about. So it's like Counter Strike. I have no problem, you know, those type of games because they're—they're they're smaller, they're contained, they're—they're they're faster, you know, that you know what you get into. But if it's uh, a role-playing experience, you know, I. I don't need to worry about humans, you know, wanting to stab me in the back or
2: whatever. See, that's why I I never wanted to get into those kinds of those kinds of games and and like you I'll all aim for a team deathmatch then because that's at least it's localized to and I know what it's you're you're getting into when you're shooting somebody else on another team. But if it's an open world where I'm supposed to go off and enjoy doing something else besides killing another player, but that part of the mechanic is still allowed to be in there, then it suddenly makes the the, the playing and the, enjoying the rest of the game much that much more difficult. Now, is that uh, a, a problem with uh, an, an encouraged set of criminal practices and activity where you're trying to in, uh, allow for uh, criminal activity to take place on, on the... Uh, player versus player crime, at the same time that you're trying to actually engage in se- several other kinds of mechanics like you know fishing or whatever, um, that's that's just that's just not a, a game that 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 seems to be fun or or even intriguing.
0: Well, well, to get on to to, to get a bit about that, it's like let's let, we could take a look at. There's been a lot of you know studies of film, basically the, the development development of film in America, you know, and you know. Uh, what they point out is that because sexuality was so severely repressed, you know, in cinema, early cinema, you know, there, there was a lot of sexuality out there, but then when they started putting in the rating system and so on and so forth, this morality kicked in, uh, sexuality got repressed. So, for example, if it was a married couple, they could be married, but they slept in separate beds, They had single beds. Or there was a one foot rule that if they were together on a bed, one foot had to be on the floor, those type of things. And so what happened is that because sexuality became repressed, what replaced it was violence, particularly violence against women. You know, and there's a lot of feminist scholars who are pointing out that this could be one of the leading causes why there's been such a rise in violence against women. It's always been there, but because now you are see it projected on the screen and normalized yet again, you know, that's when you start seeing like the slasher films, the shock torture films, so on and so forth, because you're taking away that something that's normally healthy about humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's required for us to procreate and continue as a species, you know, and then you have this pur- puritanical morality thrown in, and oh, this is bad. So you have to, there's a surrogate that gets found, okay, because people want to be entertained, you know, that this could have been a problem. So that's a concern that can come up because uh, I was talking with my sister about this and she said she read an article and I got to find the article so I can share it with you which there was a concern about young men today because of being so much access online to online gaming and and internet pornography like what is that teaching the young men you know of of what things are supposed to be Mm -hmm. you know because it you know yes it is very different and like to say not to equate that the, that there's like a direct correlation between violence and stuff like that because that's been an old argument that we're there. But but what does it teach about you know other things? Mm. You know, and that's always a big concern. You because know, like I am saying, it, it's not that it's not it, it, it's not the, it's not the, the 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 what is the fallacy of causality? It's not necessarily that X plus Y doesn't necessarily equal Z. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, but there is a question of like what does this do? I mean. And I think it's much more dangerous, not because of the drug-violence correlation, I think it's actually much more that it really encapsulates colonialist ideas, you know, of individualism, of, of capitalism, of, of doing whatever it takes to get ahead. You know, cutthroat capitalism is, is one way you can look at it, because it's like, in order, because in order to advance into the PVP game to get the maximum amount of loot, you actually have to do the things that, you know, you may not find you want to do, but others might say, "Hey, this is easy." And then they go, "Hey, wait! I learned about this in the game. Mm-hmm. This is how you get ahead in real life."
2: Is a, a completely re- representational uh, depiction of settler colonialism, where the 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 goal is to erase in order to create territory.
1: Well, and and to go along with that too is is the like what you said. Not only is there no consequence for this behavior that might be a little problematic, but it's, it's glorified, and it's, you know, you have to do, you one, you have to do it, and you're, you're glorified if you do do it, um, which is, you know, I thought it was bad enough for there being no consequences, which is, you know, in any game where there's a respawn, so you can gather every piece of wood there is in an area if you're in a, a gathering kind of game, knowing that you come back tomorrow and it'll all have been come back again. You know, that's a respawn thing. So there's no consequence for totally destroying an environment by, by taking everything out of it. Um, you can kill a, a game player over and over and over again, knowing that it'll respawn. It'll respawn in five minutes, it'll respawn in a day, it might have a one week respawn. It'll always come back, yeah what's it you know, so what if you kill it? Um, but then, yeah, just to take it further, um, it definitely is do whatever it takes to get ahead without ever even thinking about uh, what the messages are with all of this. Hmm.
3: That makes me uh, think about uh, Bethesda and the way they do games. Um, mainly because, like you said, with the, the consequences, because in a lot of their open world games, like uh, the Elder Scrolls, and more lately with Fallout, uh, that open world nature, to some extent, you you do get penalized if you go around and you just kill everyone because uh, it was actually it wasn't until Fallout that NPC yeah Fallout Three that NPCs that gave you a quest couldn't be killed. And so in uh, like Morrowind and earlier games, if you went into a place and you killed a guy to take all of his stuff, but he was key to the plot of the game, then you wouldn't be able to beat the game. Oh, wow. And there was just no way for him to respawn.
1: I remember playing Morrowind.
3: Yeah. And so I can't remember. I think it's the same in Oblivion as well, because I remember making that mistake a couple times, getting mad at a character in game and just being like fireball don't talk to me like that Mm -hmm. you know but i mean in a game like that you know it's it's a little easier to remove yourself from it being an npc than being like a player character which really i think is a weird distinction to make for myself personally seeming on how i don't like killing people who i know there's actually someone else on the other screen but if it's a computer generated npc i'll be like fireballs for everyone you know (laughs) but uh you know and so like Like that that series of games, you know, kind of has those consequences, Uh, you know, and they have ingrained justice systems like, you know, in in Fallout and games like that, you know, part of it is, oh, well, you have to sneak when you steal stuff so that no one sees you. Otherwise, your morality will go down. People won't like you. And your, oh, yeah, your karma will go down and then you'll be fined and guards will pursue you. But... You know that that's really insubstantial to the point where a guard comes up to you and you can kill the guard and then keep running and kill more guards more guards and then get more loot actually it's a great way to get tons of items that you can then later sell in a different village where people like you but uh you know and so we see like in this single player game some attempt at uh you know a justice system to combat criminal activity but even in the game there's perks where, you know, you you put points when you level up into these perks, and some of them you can only get a bonus for if your karma is negative, which means that you're evil. And so then, then there's still that reward aspect of being evil. And you know, but it's just you're you talking about the consequence, and that reminded me of you know the fact that you could kill essential NPCs. But in games now, that's that's non-existent. Yeah. Because, and I remember uh, when I first played Fallout 3, looking up whether or not I could kill uh, the, the one lady in Megaton who's really annoying. And uh, because I was like, okay, she gives me an important quest I have to do. But she's so annoying. And so I remember looking up whether or not I could kill her and whether or not it would affect the rest of my game.
2: Uh, i mean because it's it's interesting that you that you set up a divide though for for whether or not you can kill an npc or not so 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 this practice that that video games have generated on us on on um allowing us to do criminal criminal activities or even just have an unnatural dislike or 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 of an over exaggerated dislike for, for for a set of characters, races or players that within within a game um I saw carried out to its most uh realistic level that it could be taken in a in a gameplay. So I, I engage in um, live action roleplay as a as a as a form of, of of gaming for myself. Um that uh once upon a time in a, in a in a LARP uh, that I had seen some number of years ago and participated in. Uh, it was a it was a story about uh, a small village that didn't have magic, and um, uh, the 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 adventuring community from uh, uh, from a previous setting carrying over from this magic rich setting into a portal uh, that uh, brought them to this village with no magic. So. Um, Prior to that, from what I understood, a lot of the NPCs that they had uh, encountered, uh, these players had encountered, are, are were treated just like how you how you say they're there for uh, or described in video games. For they're they're there for quests. They're there to be mulched, uh, and they're then they're there for you to gather their treasure off of and then go on to the next hullabaloo some some of them all have more fleshed out characters or smart you know larger reasons for 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 larger quests and and gathering the whole crew to of of uh player characters in order to uh destroy the dragon to save the maiden and save the kingdom or whatever so but at the point where they were at they were interacting with a small village and this is the storyline and the setting that they were engaging in for the next uh couple of years actually and uh this uh, this very same small village, the 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 plot team that 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 was uh, running this had uh, opted for so, such a, a depth of realism and, and, and uh, uh, persistent state of care uh, of these of these non-player characters and their mentalities that um, the the villagers will remember. The, the, they treated them like people, and the villagers will hear and they will remember. So whenever. Uh, something bad that w- was uh, uh, occurring, or even slightly out of line um, on on the part of the player characters, that that just seemed ill-fitted, inhuman, or just just bad mor- morale, uh what morale-wise or moral-wise or, or, or ethically, the, these these villagers would take their the what they heard, what what they interacted with, and like any small town. They passed it around each other with each other, so the the various small families in the in, in in this very small village would continue to pass around knowledge with one another. And so, it, if you if you talk crap to somebody else about somebody else, it would come back to them. Eventually, certain some some player characters had difficulties interacting with the locals because they had trash talked so much. It treated them so so ill with with such. Ill manners that they they just couldn't interact with the the, the NPCs on a on on some, on the same level that those who didn't engage in these really really bad mannered actions would be allowed to or, or encouraged to uh, uh, find interactions with. They had to I I don't know where where the rest of their stories came from but and uh, and and went. But sometimes it was just a really amazing to see uh, some of these player characters facing up with this this. Uh, new form of practice where them not acting like a, 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 a human being with a set of morality behind their player character mask um, was pushed into or out from participation because that's what happens in real life, right? If you if you treat everybody like crap, eventually nobody's going to want to hang out with you, and that's sometimes it, it, that 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 relationships cause harsh consequences. And so, criminal activities, or maybe not even criminal activities at this point, um, we're we're not we're we're um, not we're we're extraordinarily discouraged. Certainly, certainly, several forms of criminal activities did did take place uh, such, uh, such to some very interesting points that many, many stories later. Um, but, but just to see on this very, very minimal level that uh, just just being rude about somebody else carried with it a, a, a consequence that no, none of them really got to interact with that I've, I'd heard of when I asked about it. That they had not, um, had really encountered this idea that these are player ca- these these non-player characters. The villagers the, would sit and talk amongst each other, and 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 be real people amongst each other, to carry around their stories, uh, in ways that would come back to bite them. This is something that that we don't have to deal with. So so in at least in in video games, criminal activities that we perpetuate with with valor in certain certain uh, game settings uh, carry no semblance of consequences. So. Tyler, you 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 fireballed somebody to the face. What were your
3: criminal consequences
2: that, that were enacted upon you?
3: Oh, it was, it was like a it was like an eighty gold fine or something. So Which I mean, really, if you think about it, is a life worth eighty gold? Like that's kind of that's <laughs> oh, a whole yeah. other issue. Well, now <laughs>
1: you're more of a corporation. Yeah. yeah, talk to Chevrolet about
3: that one. <laughs> yeah. But that uh, like you talking about that reminds me of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, aside from its stunning, persistent, you know, uh, universe over three games, uh, you know, the sheer fact that, oh, pardon me, (coughs) that if you were rude to someone in the first game, they'll remember it in the second and the third. And they were lauded for that. Yeah. They were lauded for that
2: kind of persistence, where uh, like uh, uh, like that that incident with the the news
3: reporter, the
2: news reporter, and then the, the fanboy, yeah. Who the the, the, the Colonel Shepard fanboy, who, who who depending on what you chose to do to interact with him, carried over in a very minor set of incidents that you had to really think about and remember into the very third game. Yeah.
3: You know, and so. Great, I mean, now I
0: don't have to play it. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs>
3: But yeah, you know. Yeah, there's
0: so, a a limitation on spoilers. Yeah, there has to be. It's,
3: we we do see you know those kind of aspects of you know uh, you know morality and you know things in gaming. You know, because I mean, even even in Mass Effect, you know, if you choose certain renegade options to be more criminal, like accepting a bribe, you know your teammates on your team, you know, depending on their disposition, de- uh, will be like, "Hey, that bribe you took way not cool, man." You know, like you'll you'll get flack from your teammates for it, which is it's pretty neat, but I mean, overall again, there's no severe consequence. There's just, you know, some neat flavor text, you know, to being a jerk. But
2: and it, and it is something that that tends this, this kinds of, of interaction with moralities uh, does tend to, tend to carry over in other forms of gaming so like uh, I, I, speaking on personal experiences um, in in tabletop role-playing games when when whether or not I was running them or or I was playing in them oftentimes if you treated an NPC like crap for 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 any purpose whatsoever it rarely came back to bit you Um at least, as far as games that I've I've gotten to participate oh, no. in, or even decide. Your
3: character just switched alignments. <laughs> right? Ooh, you lost
2: your paladin abilities for a little bit. Go make an atonement and mm-hmm. sacrifice some money. Oh, your paladin powers are back.
3: I, I don't. Okay. Well, I played first AD&D, oh. and if you if you changed your alignment, you lost everything, and you never got it back, even if you changed your alignment back. You were just screwed. You had to just well, choose a different class. Well, the
0: earlier version of Paladin, if you did something, you were basically put in the box that you had to do community service yeah, okay. stuff like that and pay a all well fine and slay the proper enemy of your deity and then you're good. Yeah.
2: Did, did you ever run in with, with bad uh, or, or with, with, with NPCs that had so many repercussions in any game that you played with? Well, if, if we're talking paper,
0: you paper know, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because like, like I said, like, when I used to play, you know, A D and D, played with Mike Kuninobu and and he was at that point, you know, a, a doctoral student in toxicology. You know, that that was his that was his thing, studying poisons and whatever and and for reasons, you know, because of what he was interested in and, and you know, in in the business he got into, which is all legal from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he had a very persistent world and it was and the persistence was that you know you know he would say okay well you're from this family which could have been or probably was like another player character's family originally and so on and so forth and that you were adding to whatever was going on but yeah there was there was definite repercussions that would come across for him you know and I played a paladin cavalier that's when they came out and in the it, like when they came out I mean you were the ultimate in ki- killing machine you know mm-hmm. it's like you're just like slice and dice man slice and dice and, but I, I, I wholly stick to the alignment. I did everything about that just to make sure. Um, and, and I never, I never wavered, but I see other people who are like, okay, you know, they're playing fast leaf with their, with the things and their consequences were such that it did come to bite them in the butt. Wow. You know, like if they mm-hmm. did somebody wrong, then maybe some bench was to come down the road and stuff like that.
3: Well, um, I always liked the, you know, the go to thief roguey type fighter who, chose chaotic neutral, you know, cuz like, oh, I can pretty much do anything. And then as they're playing the game, you're like, well, you know, all your actions have been really good, and then you bump up their alignment. And you know, as a DM, it's it's a great move cuz it's like, well, you're you're supposed to be this rogue who just steals from everyone, you know. You can't balance pickpocketing everyone with then saving an entire village. You know, that's not what your character would do, you know, being semi you know near evil and so now you're you know now you're neutral good or something and you know <laughs> but
2: yeah well, you know the you blessings know. of opposite of criminal activities
0: yeah <laughs> yes like how it is in the fable series you know oh, how yeah. you can your your, your choices affect like you know how you are and, and stuff like that like do you end up with the little fairies and
1: <laughs> things floating
0: around your head or is it the Insects and stuff. Are you horned and dark? Are you covered in light and stuff like that? Or, or, are you somewhere in between? You know, and and even in that game, I always chose to go the good route. And I, you know, and I read online how you could like pull people from the villages, mm-hmm. murder them, them outside of town, and pff, I don't know where they went. You know, and there was no repercussions because there was no witnesses. You know, oh, stuff like that. But I never did that. But I would gain the system when I figured out how you could do things economically. Like in the first one, there was a way that you could like sell everything to this one person you know and flood the market it's really cheap to buy it all back and then the price will be really high because you you, you've taken away from the market you sell it back to them and it's like this infinite amount of gold (laughs) no so so what (laughs) me and my friend
3: did actually in fable i think i think it was two that had this mechanic but you would as soon as you could buy property you would buy them or well you wouldn't buy them you would go into your xbox settings change the date to like 1990 and then buy the property and then change the date to 2020 and because there was persistent gold gain you gain (laughs) you know uh like 30 years of gold and so you would log into the game and have millions of gold and then you could buy the rest of the houses reset the date and then log the game and then do it again and so
1: Yeah, that so, sounds
0: like a hack. Well, so, so why I would never kill anybody in-game, I certainly would figure out the ways that you could still engage in criminal activity. Because if you think about it, what you're doing is like insider trading or yeah. or something yeah. like that. Because you're, you've you cornered the it's, market. You know, and you've,
3: the, uh, the white-collar? Yeah, the white-collar crime. Yeah. And, oh, wow.
0: and, and I used to do that in this game called Supremacy, which was called the Game of the Superpowers. And it was a modern-day version of Risk. And it had three primary commodities and we had to make a rule like okay if you're the first player you couldn't do this because what you would do is that you would you would you would sell everything you crash the market then you'd buy then and that would just screw everybody else right you know you know just because you would just be at that point and like everybody's just destitute you know sorry sorry.
2: so so that that brings up a really really fascinating uh thought and and at least in 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 the the meta game of, of of uh of gaming um how how criminal is 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 cheating a game how criminal is hacking a game in comparison to actually pursuing the criminal activity within the game well
0: for me if it's if it's a you know player versus player and you're hacking that is criminal that's you know bad. that's bad you know but if it's me like i just pointed out you know learning about you know an exploit that since it's only you in the environment, you know, and well, you really you, want that cool sword. <laughs> you really want that cool sword, you know, and you just have to do this a few dozen times and ooh, I get the shiny sword, yeah. you know, then for me, I guess because it's like I'm he said, I'm only cheating myself. You know. No I'm not. <laughs> you know, I think that's okay. You know, that that level of morality, you know. That's that's where I am at. Huh. basically if it affects me i don't like it <laughs> but if i benefit from it and it hurts nobody else because it's just me playing a game i'm yeah. okay yeah
3: but that's like console commands and a multitude of games <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the exploits are interesting um and I've I played games and I didn't even realize that there were exploits and everybody got, you know, everybody had, would have something. It's like, wow, I can't believe you have that and it's so hard and, you know, way after the fact, that go, well, all you have to do is, you know, X, Y, Z and you've exploited the game and you could have it too. And, and it's like, oh, yeah. You know, Why? my, my <laughs>
3: standpoint on certain exploits, like definitely I, I agree with John. You know, if, yeah. it's, if there's multiple players in the game, then I just won't. Because one, I don't want to get banned. Because that would be terrible, you know. But, uh, like, if it's a single player game, like, there's certain games I've played where I'm like, I have this internal dialogue that I'm sending out to the game developer. And I'm like, how dare you make me spend 20 hours to collect gold to buy this item? You know, I'm like, I've run through the main story and I don't have enough gold to get this thing. How dare you make me spend another 20 hours playing your game, not advancing the plot, to get enough, you know...
0: Whatevers. Yeah. How many times to have you go, go through the thing? same door again? Yeah.
3: You know, and it's, it's, that's kind of the way I look at it. I'm like, you know, when a game says, you know, 60 hours of gameplay, like that used to mean a 60 hour plot line, not 10 hours of plot line and then 50 hours of running around picking up twigs and flags and coins and all this other crap. That doesn't add anything except, you know, percentage completion. I'm oh, like, yeah. that's, let's know. That's,
1: no. that's okay. a bad game. Yeah. That's criminal. Yeah. That's criminal, <laughs> that's criminal but not on your, your yeah. part, on their part. Right. I would a, agree.
2: Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, uh, it, to, to, to bring back that Grand Theft Auto stuff, uh, they, they, they set up a very poor market system uh, of, of, of earning money so uh, you could you could uh, do small quests. You could rob convenience stores. You could uh, uh, kill various NPCs. But it was always a pittance in the amount of, of money that things cost. So the thing that the things that people uh, aspired for in the in the in the online game uh, the tank. And then the uh, the, uh, the 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 helicopter that had machine guns and and missiles on it uh, cost roughly uh, the tank was two million and then the that that helicopter was like a uh, million seven fifty. Robbing a convenience store was roughly about two thousand dollars if you could get that much out of it if you're lucky. So selling cars, depending on 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 the type of car, you get upwards of. $8,000, things like that. Um, but if, if they expected the players to grind out all that just to get up to the highest tier equipment, they did a very poor job of, of organizing that. So people started finding the, the cheats and exploits only on the, because there was only the Xbox version before, originally. Um, and they, they, so the cheats and exploits and that, that people would Uh, find would be to if you sold a modified car because you could mod cars in the game if you sold a modified car they'd be worth a ridiculous amount of money like two hundred thousand dollars five hundred thousand dollars on a modified car depending on which car it was um and I may have utilized some of those exploits because a lot of my team was really tired of utilizing the same uh, mechanics for earning money, grinding, grinding, grinding out money just to just to, to to get something to commit even larger pieces of criminal activity. Yeah. Yeah. So utilizing a metacriminal activity on the game system in order to proceed with more criminal activities. Yeah. this is just odd, odd setup that that they had made, which really enticed only enticed other players to break their system in order to be able to afford the toys that they put out there for people to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Or they would have to spend real money in yeah. order to do that, which is... Well, the, I think that's
1: the new thing now, the, the free-to-play, but if you want real anything, mm-hmm. yeah, you get you have to pay money, real yeah. money, and, and, and that's, which sets up some very interesting economics in-game. Right? So... so
2: So the, I guess, to the to the tune of who's being criminal here, really, I guess that that is the 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 greater question at large here. What what with these strangely weird uh, uh, circular pieces of criminal morality? Well, what are what is it that we're coming to when we're teaching players to break a game to perpetuate more criminal activities, for to for actually, you know in some cases actually uh, engage in criminal activities to break uh, to so that you can continue to persist in criminal practices within a game and and really how do we how do we how do we get out of that?
1: Yeah and that you know that I don't know the answer to any of these questions and it just makes me really thoughtful. but that particular one is when I see especially younger people, um, it's like, they're always looking for the exploit, mm-hmm. looking for the way to hack it, looking for, and, and yeah, they're the right. ones, and I've, I've actually had college students ask me, it's like, I see the syllabus, I see, you know, well, is there any, is there any other way that I can get, you know, a good grade without doing all this work that you've set up? Wow. Well, yes, it's like, huh? But then I think about, well, you know, that's been their life. That's what they've learned in the video games is, you know, yes, there's a way that you we, I've laid it out, but it's almost a wink, wink. OK, but, you know, what's a different way that I can get credit for all what this? Is, what's
3: really on your syllabus? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, here's the secret menu syllabus that I've been holding back this entire time.
0: Yeah, yeah. You bring when you bring that up, that's what they've learned. But also, when I was in Texas, there's a number of things that I did learn about the Texas school system, and that they would have built in within the K through 12 do overs that they were actually encouraged to like fail and and have another shot. And when they came when they came to the University of North Texas, and they found that that's not how it worked anymore, it was a big blow to them because exactly that they. That's how they learn. That's how they learn how the system worked. Yeah. And then it changed on them. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's bad that they're doing it. But as you point out, this is, this is what they know. It's kind of like, what is it, uh, when Bill Burr said, are we really shocked that Paula Dean said that, you know, the that she said that word or the, or the guy from Doug Donacy said who he is. Fine. You kind of like you have to contextualize where, where they're coming from. What's the reality? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the big thing we have to look at. Which means to me, when I play these games and I choose not to be evil, you know, I don't, I don't get angry and I'm gonna fireball you in the face, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't do that. I just go, okay, because I realize it's just an. NPC is a game mechanic, and I've done something wrong, or or something like that. I didn't make the right choice. on "Okay." Fireball to the face is I, a game mechanic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I understand, but but see, I don't I don't look I don't go to that. I don't go there I don't go to that notion of yeah. of cartoon violence. You know. And at that point, I look at it as cartoon violence like you're throwing a pie in their face or yeah, something man. like Wacky that. Yeah, like races Yeah, like races Or you're launching a 12-dice fireball at, them, mm-hmm. at, prox- <laughs> at, at, range, at proximity range going, ah, there you go. But... <laughs> and I evade. Yes, and I evade. <laughs> I'm in with safe, man. Bro, improve
3: evasion. right?
1: You know, John, you've really, I think, this ever since you were talking about the movies and the violence and the sexuality, blah, 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 um, I've been thinking about what I'm really wondering about criminality and gaming, and and you call it um, cartoon violence, and so clearly you you playing the game and you see that the fireball to the face is cartoon violence. Tyler, on the other hand, playing the game, likes to do the cartoon violence. So
2: for perspective, John is uh, I how many, to go there he's, he's how old? And Tyler's only in his early twenties.
3: What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm forty-eight. And hey, Tyler, you're 24. 24,
1: all right. all right. I'm not, I, mean, I don't know if that, I don't know if the age has something to do with it. I don't, sure? I don't know. Okay. And that's what I'm saying is, you know, and there's a lot of research and especially about, um, and, you know, having a PhD in women's studies, a lot of research about what we see on advertisements, what we see in movies and how that is, somehow getting correlated to increased objectification of women's bodies and clearly there's a lot of research that would support that claim and i just wonder and you know it's like it gets down to and when i was teaching class on hip-hop um it was a really big thing and so there were women in hip-hop who you know would basically gyrate around with no clothes on um and they say you know pay the bills I got to pay the rent I got to do whatever and it was a job and they did not perceive it as problematic at all whereas parents of young children are saying you know my kids idolize you as a hip-hop star and then you show them this gyrating um, hypersexualized body and you know isn't there a problem here and so there's clearly some tension around this but I would is the is the art representative of what's just human people do and how can we say that the art is causing any kind of negative consequence um so much as it's it's mirroring what people take of it it's like building the atom bomb you know it's that one could say that was you know highly unethical but nuclear fusion that's probably highly unethical anyhow that they made bombs out of it the people who made the you know discovered nuclear fusion they didn't make the bombs um i don't know i don't i can't see the logic and i've seen the research and lord knows there's a lot of data points that support it but then i think of you know peacekeeper coming in to hunt to Iroquois land and and changing the governmental system and saying, you know, left to their own devices, people are just gonna move to a bad place and we have to figure out how to keep them from themselves from moving to bad places.
0: Yeah, I mean, there has been a lot of work also about that, you know, the violent media effects, you know, in communication, it was, it began primarily from the study of children after Saturday morning cereals, they would go to the oh, matinees, right. yeah. and they they'd watch this. And their the concern was like, oh, they're they're acting out these violent acts, and kind of going, well, they're also playing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and 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 I think that it becomes much more subjective, you know, because it depends upon the individual, all the other factors, you know, like you know, psychological, social, emotional maturity. You know stuff like that. I mean, I mean, it, it also because when I say maturity, it's it's like you know they were when they just sort of doing this study on like on like autism and kids. They finally asked a question in school like, well, what age are they? You know, and they're in a class, and maybe Jimmy is not being so responsive because actually Jimmy, even though he's in third grade, it should be in second grade because it was age you know that type of stuff like they're 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 not asking the hard questions but to get back to it you know it was largely discounted at that point because they kind of forgot to put in the fact that children have imaginations and they're 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 enacting these fantasies these plays you know um but also you know there are more studies that have come out that also then go that it can tend to perhaps cause more aggressive behavior you know because you know these are games that a lot that reward aggression yeah. you know they, re, they reward the use of force mm-hmm. you know and you know and even if it's a game where you're uh, just you know fellow doing what's right I mean it most of them still it's aggression that wins mm-hmm. you know and that that is that is I think is what what the issue is really it's like you know you know we live in a system that we reward regression in, in all aspects. I mean, you know, you, you got to be number one. you know you've got to be the top of your class. You got to fight to get in the best program. You got to make sure that you meet the right people, you got to make sure that you get the right job, you got to make sure you do all these right things and you know, claw your way to the top, you know you know and, and as they say you know when you're climbing your way to the top climbing the top ladder you have to knock people out of the way and they say that's just business right you have to step on people step over people mm-hmm. you know and step on their hands as you're climbing you know and if they happen to fall that's right just the game that's just the game
1: part of yeah. business
0: yeah it's a part of business
1: exactly
0: you know and that's and that's the big issue you know that i really see is like okay yeah we have this violence but we have a system that glorifies it
1: right that
0: that deems it good yeah. But it deems it good in certain instances. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're violent this way it's okay, but if you're violent that way it isn't. And but we just change the terms of what we consider to be that, mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, aggressive. You know, then we want to soft soften it by calling it assertive. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. But I mean, really, I mean we have to we have to call it what it is. And the thing is, it's like what John Oliver said when he talked about FIFA, you know, like I have to show you my sausage, you know, he knows it's horrible but he loves it and like I know these games can have a lot of horrible implications behind them, but I still love to play them, mm. you know? And so that's that that hypocrisy that we live in.
1: Exactly, and it's like him saying, or anybody who plays these is like, people love to play these violent games. So how much of it can we, and I know that I'm kind of arguing against myself because I get really tired of the violence and the criminal activity in games, but People do it. People enjoy it. Um, So I just wonder what that says about human people.
2: I think we have a lot of answers, but we've certainly generated way more questions. Definitely.
1: Always questions. Okay. That's a wrap.